What's up? Hey, what's going on? <laughs> I just for us we're we're starting to record a video, and I just want everyone to be aware. I have a I changed the picture of my background to Mothman's butt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she did. Um, yes, she did. I think this is gonna be a little too distracting. I'm gonna try and just change it. Do do do. Okay, that's probably better. perfect. <laughs> Well, welcome to Legendary Lasses. I'm Ashley. I'm KB. And I'm Sally. And I don't know what we're talking about today. Me neither. <laughs> well, lucky for y'all, I know. <laughs> Good. So. I'm glad one of us knows what's going on. <laughs> well, I think today, kind of what I wanted to focus on, um, it's not really about one person, but more so a particular era and kind of the social history of that era. Um, we're going to be talking about Regency period. Um, yeah. (laughs) Um, I I know Ashley and I both have several feelings on this subject. Um, Mm. but I figured it would be nice for us to kind of talk about this period. Um, and also with, uh, kind of the success of Bridgerton lately. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also just kind of a, a fun topic for us to do before we get into something that I think is going to be a major undertaking for us coming up. <laughs> and I know we're like excited, nervous, but yeah. Um, we so, started research and my brain is already fried. <laughs> yeah, but I think... I've already cried twice because I'm nervous and excited. So <laughs> yeah. so yeah, I thought um, something fun for this week kind of before we get into all of that. Yeah. Um, mm would be good. So I actually don't have as many like hard notes, like here's the stuff. Um, I figure this one's maybe more going to be just sort of a talking about big ideas and big trends and that sort of thing. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I love a good topic episode. Yeah. Then we can just kind (laughs) of go off a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) But just to give a little background before we get started, get uh, to talking about some things. Regency, it's part of the Georgian period, um, which lasted through most of the 1700s and then into the 1830s. So that's the kind of larger Georgian period. Regency specifically is from probably about 1811 to like 1820 something. So the later part of that period, it's called Regency period because at the time King George III becomes too ill to do his kingly duties. So his son becomes the Prince Regent and he's kind of running the country. So it's called Regency because he's the Regent. So that's just a little bit of background. Most people, what they know of this period comes from Jane Austen. Um, that's kind of the period we're working with and where we get into like more recently we're talking about Bridgerton um, is sort of set during that spicy Jane Austen (laughs) Um, and that is kind of one of the things I wanted to talk about today is the fact that Bridgerton we think of as like it's scandalous and spicy and modern and all this stuff but Mm. um, part of it my question is, is it really? Like, um, there's some things that are not 
exactly historically accurate and i think that's fine Costumes. yeah <laughs> things like oh that oh my god don't get me started <laughs> don't get me started yeah. um, they're they're great costumes they're just not yeah accurate historically accurate for me i noticed the costumes less i think than i noticed things like lighting just because from mm. from my theater background that's mm-hmm. sort of what i did most of my design in was lighting and that sort of thing and so i noticed mm. those things that i was like how would they have done this in 1815 you know or whatever <laughs> so yeah yeah that that's kind of what i noticed more mm. but also there's some things that i think people would probably regard as not historically accurate that actually probably are pretty accurate to the time Mm. namely all the spiciness <laughs> <laughs> i like that we've agreed on this is the term we're using yeah <laughs> okay great the spiciness yeah. Uh-huh. yeah um i mean can we talk about sense and sensibility because there is like a hint that some spiciness happened in mm-hmm. one of those characters backgrounds yes well and i think that's the thing with the difference between jane austen and like Bridgerton, I think is one of class. Mm. Because Jane Austen, for the most part, is dealing with the gentry, who are sort of like mm. this middle class, um, not really lords and ladies, but they still own property and are fairly, you know, they're people of means, or at least mm. had been in the recent past <laughs> with some yeah. of them. But Bridgerton is much more about the aristocracy, which is governed by a completely different rule set. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so that's one of the things that I did want to address today is the differences in morality between the classes, because it's very, like, at yeah. this point is starkly different. <laughs> very yeah because i mean you talk about lower classes people just like normal random people in town lower classes there's not as much of a i guess stigma around sex before marriage and and things like that for that particular class group it was fairly common for a woman to already be pregnant when she was getting married Um, Because Mm. they've sort of already been living together and that was sort of the norm. Mm. Women of lower classes generally know a lot more about sex because of that. Um, And then you get up into like the gentry and aristocracy. There's sort of a a requirement of a woman being naive about sex. um, Mm. That's sort of necessary. And a requirement for a man to be pretty knowledgeable, I would say. Yes. Yeah, experienced. (laughs) That's the nice word, experienced. Yeah, well, and part of that is women, and I think it has to do with questions of lineage, mostly, Mm. because, of course, during this time, you can't really test a baby to see whose it is. So Mm. um, there's this a lot of pressure on women to be completely pure and not only just to be pure, but to have the perception of everyone Mm -hmm. of being pure. Um, Yeah. And it has to do with like, you want your child to definitely be your child and and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. But while that's all going on and they're being kept like naive and like, we don't know about this. Men are Mm. basically getting done with their studies and going on their gap year across Europe hanging out with opera singers sowing their wild oats i believe is the term yes (laughs) yeah 
while they're supposed to be looking at like the great works of art and all these landscapes and stuff, really they're kind of just hoeing around a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So Lord Byron comes uh, to mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was much more common for the upper classes. Sort of this idea of women need to be this pure, like have unimpeachable character like they Mm. I'm gonna try to not kind of go into a lot of Bridgerton stuff just to avoid spoilers and things but generally um, I'll say some of the general things that are covered in Bridgerton and some of it is the idea of like you can't be alone with a man without a chaperone Um, Mm -hmm. and that's very true to the time like you could not have been seen alone with a man because then that puts suspicion on you. Like, oh, what were you doing? There's a doing? chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, that's still thing. Still thing today with like more religious groups. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's still. Oh yeah, I uh, I definitely had a group of friends growing up that talked about dating and forms of courtship, mm-hmm. and would generally always have group uh, dates or chaperoned dates yeah so like that's still very much a real thing yeah. in some <laughs> circles. I feel like courting is still a thing that's still really weird to me I'm just like yeah yeah here's the thing I kind of like the idea of it mm-hmm. but I don't know that I like the practice of it yeah I agree. like there's something very like ancient not ancient but like old world romantic courtly love about it mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, uh. yeah. In practice, yeah, I think it's a little gross sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But I think courting is supposed to be this. You go into a relationship with the intention of marriage, and I can appreciate that because I like people having. I'm the kind of person that I, you know, those things you're not supposed to talk about early in a relationship, quote unquote, not supposed to talk about. I'm kind of like, let's get this out of the way now. <laughs> like, let's do it quickly. So I can appreciate that. What do you mean? Like, can you, like, what do you... I, you know, there's the whole trope of like, oh, if you're dating a guy, like, don't ask him about marriage or kids or, you know, things like oh. that early on because yeah. it'll like scare him off or something. But I'm like, let's make sure we're on the same page before we even go down this road, you know? Um, And I feel like you hear about so many people who get like five years into a relationship and then they find out we Mm. don't want the same things. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a very kind of like forward person in that regard. So (laughs) I, I feel like I can appreciate that aspect of it. Like you go in with the same intention, you know? Mm. But in practice, it's a little gross, and it's like we've got to protect our our ladies' purity, which I, I ick. yeah, I'm not about that part of it. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I will say in in the modern sense too. I think there is a more um, I don't know, like a, a a general idea of a man's purity as well, mm-hmm. and like in a modern setting, it's not it's not solely focused on the girl, yeah. although. It is, but there is a sense of like, this is for my benefit mm-hmm. too, because things happen. Yeah. yeah. But. Hmm. <laughs> I've got a lot of thoughts and I don't know where yeah, to go. It's just sitting on my mind a little bit. It is in some ways, I guess, more, I don't know if I'd call it egalitarian, but at least, yeah, it's 
both of them have to stay pure now. Whereas, like yeah. we were talking about, guys can go canoodling all they want to <laughs> in the regions. This is the thing that infuriates me the most about Bridgerton. And, like, I won't give away any spoilers. I haven't finished the show. Mm-hmm. So, like, I still don't know what exactly happens. Yeah. Oh, I but, like, it just seems... <laughs> <laughs> It just seems that, like, all of these men do whatever they want, mm-hmm. whether it be sex or 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 anything. Yeah. They just do whatever they want, and everyone else has to deal with the ramifications mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. There's there's no consequence to, to any of the men's actions, as far as I've seen so mm-hmm. far. Uh, and it's been infuriating. Yeah. Well, and I, I would say later on, there's some things that do have consequences, but it's mostly other men holding them accountable for things. You know, like, yeah. um, there's not really a, I don't know, a, a concerted effort. Like, the police don't come and arrest anybody, you know what I mean? But other men yeah. will hold men accountable for what they do, most of the time to their female relatives. <laughs> so... There is. It just seems that, like, even if, if if you're of a certain class, I'll say there are no consequences right. because even if, I, okay, here's the thing, I I think, you, me, I think when you say men holding other men accountable, you might be talking about a duel, and duels are very actualized at this mm-hmm. time, and I just feel like even then in this class, they're they're more than likely to do it just for the tradition of it mm. and the show of it rather than it being any actual consequence. Mm. Yeah. And I don't like, I <laughs> who's holding them reca- accountable? Yeah. <laughs> like nobody really. Cause I feel like they could take advantage of any vice in the world mm-hmm. and they're just like, yeah, whatever. It's not my problem. Well, I think it's very much. And this gets into sort of another major theme of, of Bridgerton it's sort of a court of public opinion thing Mm. because even though it's very theatrical yeah it's yes kind of like a yeah you can have your vices quietly but as soon Mm. as it becomes the subject of scandal then Mm. it's sort of everyone sort of turns on you or knows what you're doing you know and there is an instance Mm. of that um Kind of, I'm trying to remember around what episode it happens, but there is an instance of that where a man is sort of doing something that is untoward and it it gets printed in the scandal sheet that is the basically the entire <sighs> basis of Bridgerton is is based around this um, whistle down. whistle down, yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, we do see that happening. There's sort of a can I ask you a question about Bridgerton without having you spoil anything? Okay, I'll try. Yes. <laughs> it's a yes or no question. Okay. Do we ever find out who Lady Whistledown yes. is? Yes. You, I, you can, like, toward the end, like, the, like, you'll you'll figure out, like, you'll put the pieces together. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of, like, put it together. I was like, oh, I already have theories, but. You're yeah. Whistledown. I, okay, I uh-huh. guessed it. I see the person it is I kind of early on was like I'm wondering if it's her and then Same. and then there Me were too. some things that pointed to okay maybe not at it. yeah yeah but it, then, it's yeah um okay. but you do find I'm out. gonna ask you off air if I'm right 
Okay. But um, yeah, and and so that's another big element of this time is the scandal sheets, um, which was something mm. else I wanted to talk about. This is a real thing. It's not fiction. This like you know, um, person writing under a pseudonym who's talking about everyone. This is a very real um, component of Regency society. The one Mm -hmm. thing that is a little bit different is generally people were not named outright. So it wouldn't be like, Miss Daphne Bridgerton was seen doing whatever. You know what I mean? It would be like... Mm. a certain eldest daughter of this um of lord b was doing you mm-hmm. know whatever it's very kind of veiled or they use initials a lot of the time um but sort mm-hmm. of everyone knows what they're talking about and who they're talking yeah. about um so yeah. that is the one i guess biggest difference um lady whistledown does say people's names outright um yeah which i feel like for a tv show is probably easier to follow because it's that background narration on exposition Mm -hmm. so like okay i can give it that but like the scandal sheets are were horrifying like you could be doing something entirely innocent if someone else saw you do something that even had the 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 little Speck, mm-hmm. A little speck of dust of mm, maybe they're not being good. Yeah. Like your whole life could be ruined mm-hmm. if you were like middle to upper class. Yeah. yeah. Listen, if I was middle to upper class, like I would, they'd be like, I'd be all in them sheets. They'd be like, this fucking weirdo doing what? God knows what. <laughs> Why the? <laughs> I will say, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sally and I uh, having a really chaotic, neutral uh, vibe about us would do really well at this time. Yeah. <laughs> or we'd be the ones, like, starting those sheets, just, like, those gossip sheets. We'd be like, this mm-hmm. bitch here, oh, yeah. this is what she's been fucking doing, and then we'll spread a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'd be really good at this yeah. time. <laughs> There is the the vibe of, like, it's got to be someone in society because they know far too much, you know? Mm. Um, so it is someone, like, attending these balls. Because there's records of things, like, where they record who danced with who and when. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely someone, like, who was there or has access to that information. Yeah. 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 So it's it's sort of interesting, the, the tattling. <laughs> yeah, I love the tattling. Yeah. That's what it is. They're kids on a playground tattling. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, I think this might have been linked to Sense and Sensibility as well. So I apologize if that's the only book I talk about today. <laughs> but the Dashwoods mm-hmm. are named in Jane Austen's book. And I, I, re- I feel like I recall something about her purposefully using that yeah. name because it had been in Scandal Sheets. Mm-hmm. And it was in Scandal Sheets because it was linked to the Hellfire Club. Yes. Um, one of their patriarchs. Yeah. So that's another thing, is all this vice that we see is very much going on in reality during mm. Jane Austen's time. And she mm-hmm. comments on it quite a lot. And not, with the Dashwoods, that's part of it. But also we see that difference in class going on. Because there's very few members of the aristocracy in Jane Austen books. Most of the characters we see are members of the gentry. But all the characters we see who are 
aristocracy, with the exception of maybe one, um, are have many vices. <laughs> so mm, um, you yeah. get like Lady Catherine de Bourgh in Pride and Prejudice, who is, <laughs> whew, yeah, um, <laughs> she's a lot. Um, so that's one example. We also get in Persuasion, uh, the Elliots are members of the nobility, mm. with the exception of Anne. Um, they're mm-hmm. all very vain and, you know, doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. And um, mm-hmm. even Mr. Elliot, who is going to become the next, like, Lord Elliot, um, he, you know, is ready to take a wife, but also have a mistress on the side. And, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I know you have feelings about Mr. Elliot. I have feelings about Mr. Elliot. Yeah. I also have feelings about Captain Wentworth. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Jane Austen's... Well, and I think a couple of her brothers were in the Navy. Um, so she mm-hmm. has sort of a very high view of what the English Navy was and naval officers. Mm-hmm. And sort of a low view, you can tell, of anyone who's even remotely aristocratic. Um, yeah. We also see the one that people are not as familiar with generally is Lady Susan. And Lady Susan is kind of my favorite. <laughs> and I it's, hate that it's, it's not. It's really amazing. Yeah, I, it did get made. There was a version of it. I think they called it Love and Friendship or something when they... With Kate Beckinsale. Yes, and I haven't seen it, yeah. but I love Lady Susan. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I wouldn't say it's it's like Lady Susan. Mm. You can tell she's based off Lady yeah. Susan, but it's yeah. good. But Lady Susan also is an aristocratic character and she is like deliciously misbehaving is what I'll call it. Like, it, it, you know, I want to be Lady Susan like she, <laughs> with all of her vices. <laughs> she's kind of the worst, but in the best yeah. way. It, Oh, that um, sounds great. Yeah, it, it's very different from because she's she's like had her whole yeah, life and yeah. like she's she's what is it widowed? Yes, now? she's widowed um, and cavorting around with some married man, um, and she's trying to get her daughter married off, and she is also trying to find Mister Lady Susan number two. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's what's kind of going on in that. Um, but yeah, there's this idea of the gentry are so, you know, moral and they, they keep all of these, there's a sense of like, they're very concerned with their morals, which they aren't always, you know, but, um, Jane Austen, I think is biased, of course, because she is a member of the gentry, but, uh, and the idea that the aristocracy is very, uh, corrupt, or that they have several vices. That's kind of for several reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, some societal, which is like, there's the idea of, especially for women, once you're married, you have at least two heirs. So you have your heir and then a spare. Yeah, heir and a spare. It's a, yeah, it's a thing. Um, once you do that, you're sort of free to do what you whatever you like. Mm-hmm. And that's something they talk about in Bridgerton is the freedom of marriage which mm. might seem odd to people thinking about marriage at this time period, but really that's sort of what it is. You're not constrained by having to have a chaperone anymore. 
you know, you're spoken mm-hmm. for, you've had your children, and you can mm-hmm. kind of go where you please, do what you like, um, you know, within sort of some boundaries. Like, you can't just go... Reason. Yeah, you can't just go completely ham and do everything, you know. I but, mean, you can, yeah. it's just be frowned upon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can you? Yes. Should you? Probably not. Um, but am I? But, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but that there's a certain amount of freedom that comes with being married in this time period. Yeah. Um, mm. So that's part of it as far as the aristocracy and their vices. Also, there's sort of this sentiment because there's wars going on during this time or around this time. Napoleonic Wars, that sort of stuff. A lot of economic pressures that sort of got Mm -hmm. blamed on the aristocracy. Um, And so that kind of adds to it. There's a little bit of that in uh, Persuasion. She Mm -hmm. kind of comments on that. And yeah, so I think for several reasons, the gentry sort of view the aristocracy as like, yeah, they may think they're, you know, so genteel and all this stuff, but actually they're heathens, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, they're yeah. a bunch of dirty dogs. Exactly. <laughs> so that's part of the class divide, too. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's something that doesn't get talked about enough in Regency era, that mm. there's this sort of split, and we think about it. And, and a lot of the time, people will sort of roll this in with the Victorians um, and start kind of doing separate spheres stuff. There's actually an interesting book. Let me find the name of it that I read about. I I wasn't able to order it. It was kind of like later in my research that I found this. But a lot of people think of this time as being very constricted for women and sort of like, Mm. you go into the house, you have the babies, you do this. And yeah. you don't really get to have that freedom. But this mm. book um, talks about the fact that based on actual accounts from women of this class during this time period, they actually had a lot more freedom than we generally think. Um, mm. And it's called The Gentleman's Daughter, Women's Lives in Georgian England. And it is by mm. Amanda Vickery. So she uses... uh, That name sounds familiar. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Let me see if I can find if she has any other books. But yeah, she the the biggest thing is she uses those first-hand accounts, like their Mm. actual writings. um, Love that. Yeah. Anything that uses those primary sources, I think we kind of talked about that before. Um, Beautiful. (laughs) So let's see books by her she's written some others behind closed doors at home in georgia and england i feel like i've heard that title before mm-hmm. i think that's something that i looked into during school yeah, yeah. um so that yeah. might be that would be that, it <laughs> that's kind of maybe an interesting book to look into if you're interested in this sort of idea of women having you know there are certain restraints but women having more actual freedom to do things than we generally mm. think about them having and I think that that's part of what I wanted to talk about, too, is this sort of bias of modernity, where we think mm. a lot of things are very modern and very different from the past. Mm-hmm. I, one of the examples of this I think people use a lot is like the name Tiffany is actually very, very old, like centuries old. Yeah. 
Yeah. That when we hear it now, it's sort of like, that's a 90s girl name. Tiffany. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, oh, she's such a Tiffany. So even if you're historically accurate in naming someone in your book Tiffany, people would be like, yeah. that's ridiculous. <laughs> Why is her name Tiffany? Right. You know, so mm-hmm. um, I, I think we sort of have that modern bias lens on it. You know, we think mm. we think of periods in certain ways. Um, but yeah. the actuality is quite different. So. Yeah. It's true. Mm-hmm. Are we going to talk about the diverse casting within that framework? Yes. So that's something that's interesting, too. There is a little bit of, like, evidence for that. I was reading something about Queen Charlotte, uh, I think it is. She has some ancestry that's, like, Portuguese with some African ancestry, so that part is mm. sort of, there's a little bit of that. I think one thing people were really talking about is it's almost kind of presenting an, an alternative history or something like that. Because mm. during this time, we still don't have, we still have sort of slave trade elements going on um actually jane austen talks about this a little in mansfield park i think mansfield park um because Mm. the their dad the the patriarch i guess i forget his name mansfield park is not one i'm super familiar with um but i do know i i explicitly remember this yeah yeah um they talk about how he has like land holdings in the caribbean and mm-hmm. so this is still a part of that society at this time. Like, yeah, um, it's still. And it's crazy. kind of assumed that in Mansfield Park, this family makes their money yes. from sugar in the Caribbean. Yes. Um, and that's why they're able to live this kind of mm-hmm. gentry lifestyle. So it's still based on. Yeah. Some slave aspect, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. And I think Mansfield Park is very concerned with morality. Um, all of her books sort oh, of yeah. are, but I think Mansfield Park is the one that mm. we're talking about, like, what's appropriate for young people to do, what's appropriate for anyone to do, mm-hmm. you know, what aspects of our society maybe should we take a look at, um, mm-hmm. you know, that I think is kind of what she's doing with Mansfield Park. And I know a lot of people don't like it as much because they don't like Fanny. Um, yeah. And <laughs> I'm like, I... I don't mind I her. I, I, um, I She's fine. Yeah. I would say she's my favorite Jane Austen she, heroine, but she's not worse than any of the others. Yeah. Um, she's not going to be the one. She's not Elizabeth Bennet. You know what I mean? Um, no. She's not even Anne Elliot, I would say. She, you know, they're no. each their yeah. own person. And I think yeah. she's sort of the one that you can overlook. And I think that's part of the whole point of her. She's also like the youngest heroine, isn't she? I think Catherine or might be mistake. younger. Oh, Catherine is the young. Yeah, yeah. but Fanny. Uh, well, and we see younger. Fanny when she's quite young too. We get more of her childhood, yeah. um, and then the bulk yeah. of the book sort of happens when she's a little bit older. But yeah, um, yeah. But but I think a lot of the point of her is that you can sort of overlook her, you know, if you're not paying yeah. attention. And yeah, the whole point of the book to me, as far as plot, is that. This person she's in love with has been overlooking her her entire life. But then this other person comes along and is like, I see you. Like, I see you. Yeah. And he yeah. ends up not being the greatest person. 
Um, and, you know, <laughs> but you know, the, it's this whole idea of like, and I r- relate to that so much, I think, um, this like, mm-hmm. you're not going to be the person in the room that someone looks over and is like, I have to talk to her, you know, like, I'm very much, yeah. I don't think that person. Um, I'm not a Daphne Bridgerton. No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> no, I'm not either. I am probably a Featherington, quite honestly. Like, um, <sighs> so I'd give anything to be Penelope, though. <laughs> She's so cute. Yeah. So, yeah. But I know what you mean, though. Like, and I, I that being like looked over, it feels very modern mm-hmm. as well. That like, but it's not. It's like it's just yeah. that's how people yeah. are. <laughs> And, like, I think that's why I don't particularly like Mansfield Park Mm -hmm. is because it seems a little bit too real for me. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm going to go read Northanger Abbey again and pretend that I'm Catherine Mm -hmm. running around this castle in a gothic tale. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's a lot to relate to in in a lot of them, but particularly Mm. her. Um, yeah, she seemed to me to be like the the ordinary girl, you know. That yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah, um, yeah. I have a lot of feelings. I got a about lot of her. thoughts, and I don't know where I'm yeah. going. <laughs> My brain is cycling mm-hmm. right now. Hold on. Yeah. I feel like I was going to ask you something about you were talking about women's like freedom. Mm -hmm. Okay. Two thoughts. I'll tell you both. And then you take us where you want to (laughs) go. So my first thought about like women's freedoms, not necessarily being in their own sphere, but this idea of women's language. Yeah. That is, I don't know what other word to use, but counterculture to the patriarchy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's probably not the right way to phrase that. Um, And then my second thought is novel reading and women's freedom at this time. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So. Where do you want to go? I guess let's. My brain just went. Um, I know. I'm so sorry. (laughs) That's what my brain is doing. So women's language. I guess let's talk about that. Because that's something that Lady Susan Mm -hmm. addresses a lot, too. I Because. I feel like we've. Even though I'm, like, three episodes into Bridgerton right now, Mm -hmm. I feel like we've seen a lot of it. For sure. Yeah. Um, And I think there's, like, a derogatory sort of connotation with women's language and sort of thinking, like, oh, they only think about silly concerns and it's, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. But actually, there's... Because women at this time have to work in networks. Um, That's Mm -hmm. another thing is sort of you have... Like, the women in your family who are friends with a few other families, you all form Mm. a network of, like, friendships, and generally these networks Mm. are meant to get everyone married, (laughs) Um, is a lot of what they're used for. And I think women are used to, even now, but in this time period too, are used to exerting a different kind of power than men are. 
So yeah. men, they have like the power of authority. They're the lords. They're the ones in parliament. They're, do, you know, with the exception of basically queens, women can't really exert yeah. that kind of power, but they can exert mm-hmm. the power of their networks, working behind the scenes, kind of going around their husbands a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this is sort of explicitly commented on in Lady Susan because there's sort of a delicate situation that arises and the mother of the group is kind of like, well, I'll handle it. Like I'll, you know, finesse this situation, but her husband gets to it before she does and sort of ruins the Mm. whole thing (laughs) because he's too direct, you know, men of this time, I feel like are used to being like, this is direct. I have authority and power and like, I can just do this and it's going to be fine women are used to it's like seeing it from like a list point of view mm-hmm. like this is the problem here's the solution how yeah. do i get there bam yeah, exactly it's very <laughs> and it, it's just following a yes. list but women are more yeah. used to having to finesse a situation um or yeah. put something mm-hmm. delicately um yeah. in order to get what they want to happen so I think that's kind of a difference in men's language and how they operate versus women's language and how they will handle a situation. Um, yeah. And yeah, I do think we see it in Bridgerton. I. You mentioned yes. Lady Susan um, too. And I feel like we also see this idea of women's language and Pride and Prejudice mm-hmm. and especially like the network. Yes. Yes. So like, I feel like that's, that's a very prime uh, example mm-hmm. of it. And what's strange to me about Pride and Prejudice is that I think Darcy kind of uses women's language. Yeah. Because he he doesn't he is he is direct. Mm-hmm. He is direct and moody, but he also knows how to put things very delicately when he wants yeah. to. But he can also chatter back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like the prime example for me would be Bingley's sister. Caroline. Caroline and <laughs> Elizabeth have this kind of yes. scene where they let's walk around the uh-huh. room. Let's talk about our dresses. Oh, Darcy's laughing at us. Why are you laughing mm-hmm. at us, Darcy? And he's very quickly able to come back in with, well, you're walking around the room for either option A or option B, either of which I'm no use. Yeah. So, like, I think he's he has this way of talking that he kind of floats in and out of. Yeah circles and it's kind of interesting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but also in that same scene I think there's a great degree of like posturing between those two women oh yeah um and actually it's interesting to me because like there's a, a higher degree of strategy that has to go into the way women interact with each other um mm-hmm you know men sort of have like war strategy or whatever but it's like women are constantly navigating warfare tactics yeah yeah. women are constantly (laughs) having to navigate this you know any situation in their life um and Mm. there's a great deal of strategy that goes into that like who are you friends with who do you talk to who do you tell things um how Mm. do you interact with them like how do you interact with women you don't necessarily like but you need to keep civil (laughs) um their battlefield is the psyche yes yeah, very much. So. Yeah, yeah, it's very much so, true. 
Yeah, I just think that's interesting. We think of, like, men as being strategic, yeah. but, like, there's a very fine balance to how you do things when you're a woman of this time. And I feel like this could also get into the conversation that I'm sure we've had on this show before <laughs> of, like, men are strategic, but if a woman does it, it's cunning. Yeah. And it's, like, a little yeah. mm, bad. She, it's a moral character. Mm-hmm. Yes. At that point. Yeah. So I don't know if that takes us anywhere well, with this. but I think that transitions to modern times, too, because we see things like, yeah. oh, he's assertive versus she's bossy. Yeah. And she's a bitch. Yeah, exactly. And things like that. There's been a... He knows yeah. what he wants, but she's picky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that's been going on for a long time and unfortunately will continue to go on until... <sighs> I don't know. Do you ever wish you could go back and see like the first instance of something like this happening and being like, whoa, 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 whoa. What? Back <laughs> like, how did somebody. this get started? Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, where exactly did this start and how did it get started? My answer is probably the church. Uh, that's <laughs> but... what I immediately go to. I mean, <laughs> well, and I think it's different times for different places, different people. Mm. Um. Yeah. But definitely the church, I think, has a lot to do with it in Western society. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think back to, like, because there's evidence that, you know, there were women priests early on in Christianity mm-hmm. and women disciples yeah. and and all of this and... Um, you know, evidence that Mary Magdalene played a much larger role than we give her credit for. And then we mm-hmm. get to sort of when we're putting together our official Bible and all of a sudden it's like, oh no, not women. Women are evil. Like, So back in the day when we were first start getting started, I'm going to say it was probably around the Lilith episode. So mm-hmm. like episode mm-hmm. uh, four-ish, yeah. 14 maybe. I'm somewhere around there. I started looking into Mary Magdalene mm-hmm. and I also started looking into another biblical character that I can't remember right now. Was it Susanna? And I had to stop. I'm Was sorry? it Susanna? It may have been Susanna, mm-hmm. but it uh, that may have been more research for Artemisia. Mm-hmm. I had to stop because I found myself getting into this rabbit hole of like, here's what happened when the Bible was put together. <laughs> And who decided yeah. it. And here are the books that weren't included mm-hmm. that also tell us some history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I had to be like, I'm just going to talk about Lilith and mythology. And I'm not going to get into yeah. this. Because it's so like. It's a beast to Intertwined mm-hmm. and like, yeah. It, yeah. It's a lot. Uh-huh. It reminds it's me of like, like, I don't know if y'all ever watched this, but The Secret of Nim. Do you remember that? Yes. Okay, yes. it's like when the crow yes. Jeremy gets tangled up in all the yarn that's dealing yeah. with like... Mm-hmm. I was that crow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do have a very similar energy to that crow sometimes. And like, <laughs> just like a little bit Jeremy, you know? I don't know if really, that's a compliment really It is. I, yes. I fucking love that crow. I'm sorry for saying the <laughs> F word, but oh man, I have feelings about that crow. He's lovely. I'm going to have to go watch a clip of this movie because I haven't seen it in forever. Mm, so yeah. once I watch a clip of Jeremy, then I'll be like, yeah. 
like he means the best always. He's like, I'm gonna help you all the time. <laughs> but he kind of like sometimes gets distracted, which I think all of us do. We're just like, but what about this over here? And yeah, that's very <laughs> I think if there's like I have no idea of what you're talking about. That never happens on this show. <laughs> If there's We're like very a, direct on this show. Yes. <laughs> if there's a mascot for us, I think it might be Jeremy. <laughs> it would be Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Gosh. <laughs> Where did we how did we get here? I don't know. <laughs> See, case in point. <laughs> what were we talking Biblical about? Biblical things. Um, you were saying uh Lilith. Something I don't know. I'm gonna somehow women. relate that back to women's language, but I I don't I don't remember now. I got stuck on being called a crow. <laughs> <laughs> but also, that's very on brand for you. I feel like yes, Corvids. Yeah, you have named three crows over by your apartment. Their names—they're always here. Um, Alan, by the way, has now taken on Saturday mornings to sit atop my fireplace and crow into it. <laughs> so it echoes down the fireplace and into my living room. And Alan is the loudest one. Okay, can we talk, though, about how their names are Edgar, Alan, and Poe? We didn't yeah, we mention about that. that. Obviously it was. <laughs> Obviously, that was going to be their name. Like, How could you not? There was three crows. Uh-huh. Well, you just, you were talking about Alan, which is like the n- most normal name of any of them. You know, yeah. the one that you were like. <laughs> that, that's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> so know, I had Alan, to point out, Jerry, their names are Edgar, Riggs. Alan, and Poe. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I just realized that I was talking about it like it was just a normal thing everybody does. <laughs> you are a goth Snow White. That's what you are. That's the nicest thing anyone has ever said about me, Sally. <laughs> oh, God. And I will okay. say, so I've been writing letters to Ashley like like the Regency ladies we are. Yeah. And I do have plans for, like, a gothic Victorian velvet kind of theme for you eventually. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> it's going to take me a bit. I'm gathering materials, but. Yeah. Mm. I have to order more stamps, actually. Mm. I think I just ran out. Um, But we were also going to talk about uh, women's freedom and novel reading. Yeah. So I I feel like probably Northanger Abbey is the Jane Austen book that talks about this. So novel reading is sort of... There's doubts about whether it's good for young ladies to be reading novels (laughs) at this time. Um... So I, I think it's because Abbey. Um, is it just like book readings for men? You um, can't I have it. a copy. I'm going to send it to you. It has my notes in it. Please enjoy. Um, it's amazing. It's a great book. Yeah. But I, I, I think there's this idea that like gothic novels are very popular at the time that kind of even Bridgerton is taking mm-hmm. place. But there's a sense of like spiciness mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit too much. Um, emotional torment and trauma that like it's it's thought to be misleading of young ladies Mm -hmm. and young good young ladies shouldn't be reading such things Mm 
the mystery of you romance novels yeah (laughs) yeah the mystery of udolpho is very like i I think probably the one that's used as an example the Mm -hmm. most because it's very like young girl travels to a foreign country where there's a mysterious person (laughs) who's a little (laughs) bit shady (laughs) and maybe there's a monster in the corridors Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's very running through the hallways in your chiffon gown (laughs) it's very Mm -hmm. it's it's a lot (laughs) so what's happening in Northanger Abbey is it's centered on Catherine Moreland who is a reader and has read Mysteries of Udolpho and she makes friends with these people they live in this abbey and when she goes to visit them she's like thinking she's in some gothic story or something and yeah which he does nothing to help I know I know (laughs) I love Mr. Tinsley he's my favorite I love him so much but like She's running around this castle and he's like, oh, maybe there is something in there. And oh, my mother died tragically, but I can't tell you anymore. (laughs) What are you doing? Yeah, Tilly does not make the best decisions either. Like, he he likes to say that he's, you know, like, so smart and together and whatever. But it's like, you encourage this. Yeah, he's on the 100%. And then gets mad at her for it, yeah. which is like a whole other thing I have to deal with mm-hmm. <laughs> emotionally when I think about Mr. Tinsley. But I just. Well, like, yeah. Because I don't know. There, His father is kind of monstrous, but for different reasons. Like, he wouldn't go so far as to, like, mm-hmm. kill somebody, but. Um, what is, I know his, his brother his is brother Captain might. Tilney is his brother, and then mm. I feel, Captain Tilney is also the father. They're both captains. They both share okay, rank. That's right. That's yeah. why I was confused. I was like, wait, that's the brother. Who's the father? But yeah, yeah. Um, oh, maybe it's General Tilney. Oh yeah, it's. I no. think it's like hired something. It's just, he has some yeah. rank. Yeah. Um, but it's like the perfect Jane Austen brother split because it's Captain Tilney for God and or for Queen and Country uh-huh. and Mr. the Mister Tilney who's gonna be for God yeah. who's gonna be a priest exactly. and it's just like <laughs> okay. Um, he's starting to be a vicar or something, and his brother, but his brother is like canoodling. I forget exactly what he. I think yeah. Um. Isabella, who's supposed mm-hmm. to marry Catherine's brother, isn't that the thing? Runs off with Captain Tilney. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's very scandalous. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's but mo- mostly I think Northanger Abbey has to do with well, and you I think wrote about this. It's really about women's education and what they know. I feel mm-hmm. like because Catherine, when she starts out, is so naive, and mm-hmm. you know, I don't know that she completely. And loses. she learns more about the world by reading, yeah. and not that that is correct. What she's reading is true about the world, but it's what she knows about mm-hmm. it. So it's her first time in society. She's also starting to read more, and I think this is how young girls 
one use it as a as a tool for escapism Mm -hmm. right like we we do now but it's also a way of learning about the world of men like what are men like what are what is marriage like Mm -hmm. because i see my parents but yeah that's the only thing i see so Yeah, I think it it is a lot about women's education of life, and it may not be the most accurate representation, but it's how they're learning. Yeah, I would agree, and I think we see a lot of that in Bridgerton too. Daphne is completely just knows nothing, um, mm. and she is the oldest girl. Um, mm-hmm. So there's been no other girls before her who have kind of gone through this, gone through marriage, who could sit her down and be like, look, here's the this deal. Is what <laughs> yeah. yeah. She is the first. Um, and so she has this added layer of like extra being naive about anything um, because her mother mm-hmm. kind of like, that's just not a conversation that would have been had really. Mm-hmm. So, and where... Oh, I was just going to say where we see like a class divide again. And this is like a minor spoil. It doesn't really spoil anything, but like a minor detail. She learns from someone who is of a lower class than her. She has to ask someone. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, not a huge. About the spiciness. Yes, very, very spicy. So that's an awkward conversation. Yeah. First, um, okay. it's someone that she's known for a okay. long time, but you know, and you know, okay. kind of minor spoiler there a little bit. Um, she does eventually learn how sex works, but she has to ask someone of a lower. Yeah, class. but she had to be like, I need to fucking know this shit. It wasn't uh-huh. like, yeah. Can some? Can we talk about the birds and the bees? No, she had to like assert herself. Yeah, yeah. To be like, I need to know what happens mm-hmm. gosh so because i mean i i had parents who didn't i mean bless her heart this poor girl <laughs> i had parents who didn't really talk to me about it at all you know and i feel like i was naive for a long time so i can relate to that somewhat but just to have like i i w- i guess i was aware that there were people around me who knew and i could have found out if i wanted to you know, yeah. but to feel like you are sort of alone, um, I think mm. would be an added layer of like, no, none of your friends know either, you know, um, that's yeah. sort of an added layer of like, we have no idea what's going to happen to us. There's a degree of yeah. like uncertainty, like it, there's excitement in Bridgerton, but also a great degree of uncertainty and fear that comes along with it um, that I think is mm. also true to the time based on accounts we have of like women are very conscious that like marriage is a wonderful thing for them. It gives them these freedoms. It gives them a life companion, but also like you could die in childbirth. Um, I yeah. think it's maybe. Well, I feel like they also know that like marriage is good for them because they'll have children mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. But like, not knowing how your children come about is like a strange aspect of this. I think about if I were in that position and just the degree of uncertainty that comes with that. Um, Not really knowing how your life is going to proceed, knowing what, how it should proceed, how it's been planned to proceed since you were born basically, but also, but you don't know the steps to get to Point B, yeah, basically. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 
I think we we do see a little bit more of like learning about the world through forms of writing. Mm-hmm. I think with like Eloise. Yeah. Um I I haven't seen her read too much. I mostly see her with a book or scribbling mm-hmm. something. Um but she mm-hmm. talks about wanting to be a writer quite mm-hmm. a bit and I think that's interesting that we see kind of the sec- I'm assuming she's a second oldest daughter. Yes. I'm still trying to figure out the family yeah. a little bit. So they go in <laughs> alphabetical order. It starts with Anthony and then there's Okay. B, whoever he is, and then Colin, who's like low key. My okay, wife. and then Daphne, Daphne Eloise, um, uh, Fre- uh, Frederica, Francisca, something. They have another sister who's uh-huh. not there most of the time, who's F. Um, and then Gregory, I want to say, and then Hyacinth. Hyacinth yeah. was the last one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's so cute. But yeah, I feel like with Eloise, we do see a little bit more of like. She, she, I think she thinks she knows a lot about the world. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much the spiciness, yeah. but I think she she has these very grand ideas of what her life could be, yeah. um, and should be, and it doesn't have to follow everyone's plan mm-hmm. except her own. And I, I wish we saw her reading more because I I feel like those are ideas she would have gotten mm-hmm. from novels of the time. Yeah. So that's my one critique mm-hmm. of Bridgerton so far is I wish we saw Eloise yeah. reading a lot more. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think she could also get those ideas from the fact that she has three older brothers who she's seen mm. grow up and be able to pursue, you know, whatever yeah. they want their career or life path to be. Um, yeah. And then she's sort of faced with the idea of, oh, I don't get to choose a career. I get to go on the marriage market and be chosen. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I also have no doubt that the probably second oldest brother and in, in, uh, little Colin, mm-hmm. I'm sure they would have brought back books from school yeah. and were like, Eloise, yeah. you should read yes. this. <laughs> well, she oh, yeah. does, there's kind of a developing closeness between her and like the, I think it's the second brother. It's one of the two. It's either be benedict whatever his name is i forget i feel like benedict yeah. is right um, but <laughs> and or it's either i think it's him yeah she kind of mm. develops sort of a closeness with and can talk to about these things somewhat mm. um and he sort of understands because he's the second brother and you know yeah yeah he's kind of like i don't know what i want to be either like uh, this is you know well, I mean, because even as a second brother, his whole life could change in an instant if something yes, happened to Anthony. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why there's a spare and an mm-hmm. heir. Like if something yeah. happens to him, uh, and yeah, Anthony. No offense to Anthony, but he needs to chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot going on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he needs to chill yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So he's in an odd... Well, and you see it like with the royal family even even because Queen Elizabeth's father was a second son and then his brother Uh basically said, nah, not gonna be king. I'm gonna go marry, you know, this this lady. Bye. Um, I love her so much, but she's divorced and you hate her. Bye. Um, (laughs) And their entire life changed. Their entire outlook for their life changed because at that point, like Elizabeth was and her sister were already born and they were kind Mm -hmm. of like, yeah, we'll be royals like our grandparents or the 
king and queen or whatever, but, like, we're just going to live our country lifestyle and chill and it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, it completely changes for them. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, a an odd position to be in, I think, being the second son. Yeah. Yeah. My brain is circling. Yeah. We've talked about <laughs> I feel like I have a lot. Yeah. I know. I feel like I have more thoughts and opinions about things, mm-hmm. but my brain is not landing on one. Yeah. But I think we've covered a lot with regards to... Yeah. This was kind of a combination, I think, history and literary episode. And pop culture. Yeah. So we combined a lot of things to talk about this one. I don't know um, what we're going to name this episode. Regency. (laughs) Um, Sure. I'll come up with some alliteration. I love it. Who doesn't love alliteration? I love alliteration. (laughs) That's... We play this game... Um, it's one of the like Jackbox games or whatever where oh, yeah. you they'll put a question and then you have to type in a fake answer and then you vote on like what the actual answer is and you try to trick people. Yeah. And Travis always knows it's me because it's some clever alliteration that I've come up with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I'd be able to pick yours out, yeah. I think. <laughs> so That's funny. Yeah. But this is it's always a lot when you tackle an entire time period. There's no way to cover all of yeah. it. Yeah. But I think, yeah. you know, we've hit on some of the things and maybe put some light on it that it's maybe... And this goes for all time periods, I think. It's not really the same as what our conception of it uh, is. You know, it's much mm-hmm. more than that. And also, you have to yeah. keep in mind questions of, like, class or race or... Uh, any number of things that can affect what a person's experience is within that period. So, yeah, yeah, I guess that's kind of the overarching theme, if I wanted to put one on this. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I remember what I wanted to talk about mm -hmm. that I didn't get to talk about. (laughs) I'm so sorry. It was about the diverse casting. Oh, yes. And I just wanted to say that, like, I very much appreciate this because for a very long time now, I think we've assumed that non-white people were only a certain thing Mm -hmm. and I think it's been very interesting as part of the history community seeing new new research books being Mm -hmm. published Uh, ones that I'm specifically interested in about are um uh, there's a new book about black tutors of England Mm -hmm. and I'm very interested in that I think there was a movie called Belle a few years ago that was about uh, a mixed race girl growing up in a kind of gentry mm-hmm. Jane Austen style family. Yeah. And I think it's important to get that out there. Unfortunately, there is still a lot of prejudice happening, even within the history community itself. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important that we dis- we put things on the table like this, that we are shown things like Bridgerton that does use accessible, diverse casting. Mm-hmm. Because... Unfortunately, even within, like, the history-bounding community, there was kind of some drama yes, that happened. Yes, I heard about that. And it's very shocking to me mm-hmm. um, that we're still dealing with yeah. this. Uh, a shocking, maybe not so much, but uh, I'm disappointed mm-hmm. that we're still dealing with it. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons that Bridgerton has had such a big draw yeah. is because mm-hmm. it's something new to talk well, about. Well, even... I think within academic communities, it's a 
it's a question because even as early, you know, when we were doing our master's degree, which was, you know, only a couple of years ago, um, we finished and it was almost impossible for me to find anything about black tutors at that time. The thing about it is, you know, I was very particularly interested in talking about racism during that period, that early modern period, um, Mm. using Shakespeare's work and some of Marlowe as well. And I got so much... I loved your paper, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) I got so (laughs) much resistance um, to Mm -hmm. even the idea that there was a concept of race then. But it's very clearly in the text. You know, you talk about Merchant of Venice and they specify, you know, because part of the plot point is like this girl, she can only be married to someone if they pick the correct whatever. So they very... Shakespeare very specifically says he is a tawny moor, is what he calls him. And that he comes in, chooses wrongly, and the girl is like, yeah, may all of your complexion choose me so. There's very clearly this idea of racism or colorism or like, you know, that anyone foreign is is somehow bad. And Well, I, I think another perfect example is Othello. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. throughout throughout the show, they talk about his skin color. Mm-hmm. They talk about how he's different. Iago, especially. Yeah. And if there's not a sort of race problem that Iago sees, mm-hmm. I would be very surprised. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what... And, you know, people think of British history as, like, it's all a bunch of white people. But it's like, mm, that's not the full picture, you know? Mm-hmm. No, and because you can't be, one, a colonizing empire that's entirely white. Yeah. And you can't be doing trade with other countries and have mm-hmm. your entire country be white. Yeah. That's just not how it works. Well, and the world was far more global during that period than I think we generally give it credit for. Um, yeah. There's a lot more trade happening, a lot more, um, they call it discovery, I'll call it colonialism. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot more people meeting a lot more people, and England yeah. is not entirely white during this time. Like, th- that's just, yeah. you know, we have things to back that up. But... It's impractical yeah, to think Yeah, yeah. Um... And I think I think maybe their conception of race is a little bit different than ours is now. And I think over time, it mm-hmm. has shifted because, you know, even yeah. looking back to you know earlier periods in American history, I feel like mm. um, Italian immigrants were regarded as kind of not white. Um, you know, Jewish yeah. people were regarded yeah. as a different race. Like the our like mm-hmm. what racism throughout yeah, all of history yeah. yeah and that's another thing with um you know shakespeare's work is i would say like jewish people are considered like mm-hmm. a, a separate race and that's where a lot of this like racism is pointed towards yeah. um particular you know yeah. there's i, I want to say it's the jew of malta maybe is the name of the play by marlowe yeah that's pretty anti-semitic um and then of course pretty bad yeah, yeah. um and then you get like shylock um and all of that mm-hmm. so yeah i think what racism is or how it presents itself maybe shifts over time with you know how people think about that but 
it does I also exist. think it, it shifts depending on 100 yeah. percent exist and i i think it also shifts uh based on people's acceptance of those mm-hmm. ideas or mm-hmm. um rejection of those ideas yeah. um so i i i just want to say that i really appreciate bridgerton for the diversity that well may not be entirely as accurate as we mm-hmm. would like it to be yeah at least depicts mm-hmm. people of that time well i think there's a degree of like you have to get people used to seeing that you know what i mean like even if it's yeah. not in yeah. this case probably entirely historically accurate i i think people are so shocked by it still which is like that that's crazy to me <laughs> that that yeah. we have to get people more used to seeing people of color in historical like period pieces um yeah absolutely so any of that that can happen um i do know there are some people who are maybe a little bit like it rubs them the wrong way because they think it doesn't go as far into that discussion as it needs to or doesn't you know yeah um but i can see that but i would say within the scope of like what it's trying to do and accomplish within itself i think that's a good thing and then i think in addition to that, we need to continue to have those discussions, like, online or with people we know or, like, with us on a podcast. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. there's definitely more discussion to be had, but I think it sort of puts us in that right direction of, like, we need to see more people of color in period pieces. Um, yeah. Because they existed. Also, I'd love to... <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. I'd also love to see more uh, actors of color in more, like, high fantasy pieces Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Because, like, not everyone is gonna be white. (laughs) And as humans as well, not just, like, I feel like sometimes when people of color are put into fantasy or Mm -hmm. sci-fi, you know, adaptations or anything like that, they're used as like oh she's an alien or oh she's like an elf or something you know it's um yeah no i'd like to see her be like a person yeah 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 (laughs) so So. i do agree there is this kind of like alienization of uh actors of color Mm -hmm. in in different genres that is strange it's very strange Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't i don't know why we've chosen to well i do know it's racism (laughs) i Um, i i (laughs) I personally can't understand it. I think... It's just very strange. That that just now raises up, like, interesting stuff in me. Because a lot of the time, sometimes I'll be thinking about something like, why is this this way? And then I get to the bottom of mm. it, and it's like, it's either racism or misogyny, or both. And I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> it feels yeah. like Scooby-Doo, yeah. and I've unmasked the, like, swamp monster or whatever, and it's like, it was racism the whole time. Like, it's always that. <laughs> I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for you kids. And I'm just like, when? Like, I, I would love for us stop? to not, as a society, to not be racist anymore. Like, that'd be great. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I feel like we've talked about racism a lot on this podcast lately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is the time. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so that was just kind of the last thing I wanted to say about uh, any historical period in general. Mm-hmm. But I think Bridgerton brings a lot of good stuff to the table. Yeah. Maybe not as far as it could go, but yeah. Yeah. 
I've got more thoughts swirling, but I think it would just be repeating myself at this time. Yeah. (laughs) I think we've gotten through a lot today. Yeah, Yeah, my brain feels exhausted. (laughs) But I like talking about these things because I, I feel like it's a mix of things we used to talk about, you know, in a more scholarly setting, but we couldn't go this far there. Because there's... There was a lot of walls uh, up. Yeah, and I... Can I talk about how upset I was in my Jane Austen class? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Can I talk about it? Ashley and I took a Jane Austen class together, and... I was fucking pissed the entire semester. (laughs) Oh, God. See, I... Should I talk about this? I mean, maybe a little bit, you know. I think it's worth talking about, like, there are definitely amazing parts of being in a master's program. And then there mm-hmm. are some parts that you just kind of are like, I'll get through it. It's only two years. <laughs> <laughs> and I think yeah. for- it's just this one class, this one day, it's fine. Yeah. And I think for us, a lot of the problem was we were both theater majors going in. Sally, I know you did theater as well, so probably you can relate. There's a lot of, like, enthusiasm or emphasis on digging deep into things or or following certain lines of inquiry. And then we got into a program that was more focused on the literary side of things. And it's, it's mm-hmm. just a very different way. Even though... They they claim to be a very like multi exactly yeah disciplinary study program. Mm-hmm. We went into a like a humanities program um, and focused yeah. more on the literary side of things, but it was yeah. just a very different like. I would say the students were a little bit different. It's a little bit different crowd that goes into literature versus theater. Um, well, I, I think it's a it's a little bit different crowd of anybody who goes on to graduate school as well. Yeah. So there there's that but there's that obstacle, and then there's trying to learn a new language. Mm. Uh, that's not entirely new because yeah. I think there are some terms that we share between uh, literature and theater a lot. Um, but there also does seem to be um, how do I put this? <laughs> um, <laughs> There also seems to be a stopping point uh, in the line of inquiry, which I don't think there is in theater. So I would get very frustrated uh, when I would bring up a new point Mm -hmm. or or say something that didn't quite agree with where the teacher wanted to take the class. Mm -hmm. And it it became very frustrating Mm -hmm. to the point of I wasn't doing the work I should be. I graduated and it's yeah. fine, but <laughs> yeah. um, I think specifically, I'm, I'm very interested in the Regency idea of uh, family duty mm-hmm. and honor, and there's this idea of like, okay, so sense and sensibility again, you guys, I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> there's the, the three main sisters, mm-hmm. they have a half-brother who would get passed down the family's uh Uh, a state and and money i had an inquiry of whether being a half brother would change his uh family duty at all Mm -hmm. in trying to take care of his sisters while also maintaining the family estate 
I was told it didn't matter. But it does. Yeah. I think it's a very valid question uh-huh. um, because they're not a family. They they didn't live like a family, it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like. And I think it's a valid question for the time. Uh, I, I Perhaps it was too much of a history-based question for um, uh, a professor who I don't think relied on historical critique of literature very much. Maybe she did. I don't know. I got very frustrated well, with her. <laughs> I, and I think it becomes a question of like, audience perception at that point because we have our certain Mm. conception of what family is now um so it's kind of Mm. a question of did they read it differently then because if which was essentially my question if there's a societal like if there's a gap in our understanding from a societal perspective like we think of half siblings as family they should have been you know or whatever your own personal view on that is but yeah. it was regarded differently in Regency times, then I think that's a valid question because it's like, would the original audience have perceived this differently or would they have said, that is a huge snub and this is awful, you know? Yeah, because essentially he denies them a home mm-hmm. uh, based on prodding from his his wife, wife yeah. mostly. Mm-hmm. But... um but he disowns them. He, they have no house now. They have no money. So there is no future. Yeah. So this whole plot point is is the inciting incident of the entire novel, mm-hmm. basically, being kicked out of your home. Is that audience, the, the first audience mm-hmm. reading that, like you said, is this something that they would have been shocked and horror about and felt more pity for the sisters? Or would they have said, oh, well, he's only a half-brother, so sure. Yeah, Because we see... I feel like that's a valid question. Yeah, because we see other incidents where, like, like in Pride and Prejudice, Mr. Collins is going to inherit. So that threat is very right. real, but, like, they don't even know Mr. Collins. So it's a sort of, like, yeah, right. this, is, this sucks, but this is what's going to happen. Is there an added yeah. family element to this where we like the original audience would have been scandalized by that like a what do you mean he's not going to do anything for them you know or was it kind of par for the course same situation like yeah that that's that holds true yeah so and i will say we did have some professors who were very good about letting the class steer the discussion wherever it was gonna go you know they had, in general, yeah, an idea yeah. of what we could discuss. But if we had other stuff, it, you know, they just let it go. Um, and I mm-hmm. definitely, I, I like those professors a lot. I appreciate what they do because, you know. I feel like that's how we formatted this podcast a little yeah. bit. <laughs> it's kind of like, we have, in general, what's going to happen. This is what I would strive to be as a professor, I think. If I were mm. to decide to go down that path, which is still up in the air at this point but you know um yeah i I feel like and i'm looking more and more into higher education Mm -hmm. as the days tick by listen you know i'm i'm in a different area of higher education now i would say um but Mm -hmm. i do enjoy it i ultimately like working with students you know so i know i'm going to be doing something but whether i will be a professor or not is still sort of we'll see um yeah but I think that's when learning occurs. If you sort of, especially yeah. at that level, you know, like when you're in elementary school through high school, whatever, 
there needs to be a plan because, like, you still haven't formed your own... You know, maybe you have, but for the most part, you haven't formed your own sort of, like, I want to learn about this and I'm going to be disciplined and do it. But at this level, I feel like there's certain Mm -hmm. things we're interested in or want to look further into and Mm -hmm. should be sort of... There should be a little bit of allowing the class to shape what's being talked about. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm just thinking back through my classes Mm -hmm. now. (sighs) Yeah. Well, I think the ones we enjoyed the most and had professors like that were the ones that were maybe, like, not as traditional classes, you know? Like, we had a class entirely on Harry Potter and that whole series. We had a class that was, Mm -hmm. you know, anime-based, anime-manga. Yeah. Um, I I still love my professor from that class. mm -hmm. I had two other classes with her I think Mm -hmm. maybe just one more but she's she's my favorite (laughs) yeah I miss her a Mm -hmm. lot actually (laughs) but I think they were our favorites because those professors were open and sort of not only to their class kind of guiding a bit of the discussion but also to the fact that these different things were also worthy of discussion you know Um, yeah the and it might not be what they're interested in mm -hmm. particularly but yeah it's a discussion Mm -hmm. yeah because a lot of people will look down on like oh that's just like they're children's books or oh that's just anime like it's not a but really there's art to it that i think is worth discussing yeah I mean, I definitely wrote two papers on Alice in Wonderland while I was in graduate school. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> there's some papers that I wrote that I'm like, I wrote that in graduate school and got credit and like graduated and yeah, yeah. yeah. We've kind of wandered, but yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I've I've actually been meaning to take a look at some of my old papers mm-hmm. and uh, rework them a little bit, maybe with all that free time I yeah. have. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. I don't I don't know how to wrap the, yeah. us up after this. I've really enjoyed this conversation yeah. though. I think it's been Thank good. You. I I think, you know, a good sort of general history working in literature, pop culture, that sort of stuff before we get into yeah. the the gauntlet in front of us. So, do we should we announce? Do we want to tease anything? Mm. No, no tease. They're going to have to join us next week yeah. to find out. Just know it's... Are we going to come up with no, like a... I think we should... I've, I've had friends that like listen to the podcast. They're like, what's going to happen? I was like, I yeah. can't tell you. I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen. So okay. just know it's something we've been looking forward to doing. Also scared to do. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, it's going to be quite an undertaking. But I think something that we... So I, I thought this was a good way, a good episode before we get into all that. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm glad we got to talk about some kind of major topics, I think, with history yeah. in general mm-hmm. and all of that. So it was it was a good conversation, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Thank you, Katie. Yeah. Yep. And I thank know. you for anyone still listening. Yeah, that too. <laughs> that was good. 
Um, so I guess let's wrap this up. Uh, yes, thank you all very much for listening. You know, we're just sort of here talking. We would do this anyway without people listening to us, I think, but... Um, we do do this anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to keep in contact with us. We do have our email address, legendarylashes at gmail.com. We also have several social media platforms. We've got our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, where we kind of give you guys updates um, where you can get in touch with us. Let's see what else. If you do feel so inclined, you can donate to our podcast um, at anchor.fm slash legendary lasses, I think it is. Yes. Um, can I also ask a question to our audience about this? Yeah. Would mm-hmm. you guys be uh, more, not more inclined, <laughs> but um, feel safer doing a donation of sorts on another site like buy me a coffee or patreon um rather than donating through anchor i'd like to know what everyone Mm -hmm. thinks that's been something that we've been kind of talking about as well so if you have preferences on that please let us know because we're we're looking into that as well Mm -hmm. um but any donations go directly to the podcast so it will go towards things like books um any kind of research stuff like that to improve our podcast um to be able to give you guys even better content maybe snacks every now and this then. money does not go to <laughs> snacks we pay for snacks out of our own yeah, money we do. um so but if you want to send us any snacks, yeah, that's um especially if they're themed to what we've been talking about or just regular snacks yeah either one or just regular snacks whatever we'll take all snacks <laughs> Um, let's see. What else? That's going to be a t-shirt. <laughs> we'll take all snacks. What else do we have going on? Oh, we do have our website um, that I don't think has been updated. I need to get on to that. Um, it's not updated, but it's still there. So um, <laughs> hopefully soon it will be updated. Yeah, I have. To be honest, I've not had time yeah, to look at no. it. So I have no idea what condition yeah. it is. <laughs> as far as we know, it's still there. Um, you know, let us know if it's an island off wandering through the world wide web i don't the ether let's see anything else that we need to to talk about i feel like you hit it okay yeah stuck the dismount well we're getting back into the groove (laughs) um (laughs) so all right everyone go out make waves change history and stay legendary and kick some ass (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys guys guys, i guess i should stop the recording on the video huh maybe oh bye everyone